<laughs> so today, I did something that I have to do every year, which is poop. Take photographs forever in front of the front yard of the kids leaving for school. Do you do this on no, the first day? No, I did that like his first first day, but then seemed like you mean kindergarten or yeah. preschool? I don't know where it was some whatever that thing was. <laughs> I, I do it, and the kids get so mad at me, and I say, look it, if you frown, it's only going to be longer. Oh. So, the fake smiles are on oh, every that, year. Well, it's good to teach your kids how to fake smile in front of a camera. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing about that picture, when I took, oh, the picture I took of my son in his first day, because it was his first day, because he was getting, not only going to school, but he was also getting picked up from a bus, which was very exciting, obviously. Um, and that process went on for a long time, because the bus didn't pick him up. When was this? This was... 2010? Uh, okay, no, ago. I guess. Yeah, it was ages ago. This is first grade. He's 15 now. So it's a while ago. But we were living in a little community on a dirt road in a little community in Westchester, New York. And uh, we got we got him signed up for school. We got him signed up for the bus. And we were like, wait a second. None of the other kids in the community get picked up right outside their house. And they said, oh yeah, don't worry about it. I called them twice to make sure that, this was, that we were actually on the right bus route. And then I actually went to one of the meetings in person and talked to one of the, the supervisors and they said, yeah, don't worry about it. It's all set. No worries. Bus didn't show up. And the bus didn't show up because they were using Google Maps to map our location and they thought we were in a different town. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's I, so I, weird. You think okay, it's so funny. You think it's funny. Okay. in the cartoons, television, they always show the kid getting picked up in front of his house. Mm-hmm. I never grew up that way. Mm-hmm. You had to walk down to the corner mm-hmm. and sit there with a bunch of kids. Maybe a couple parents would be there. This was the 70s, so not so much. And basically, the biggest kid there, whether it was male or female, picked on the little kids really? until the bus came. Wow, what a shitty town you lived in. <laughs> Was Phoenix. that in California or Phoenix? Oh, okay. Phoenix. Phoenix. Well, don't live there. No, when I lived in California, it was walk to school. Everything was walk to oh, school. Yeah. You know, no one cared back then. Once the 80s hit, you know, now we have to all meet together on the corner. And now, of course, today. In the 80s? Yeah, 80s. Okay. We meet on the corner. And then, of course, ever since the 90s, you know, everybody's so afraid of the uh, massive amount of human beings on the planet that kidnap kids that we have to drive our kids to school. All three of them? Yeah, all three of them. <laughs> stranger danger isn't a thing. Just so you know, people, stranger danger is a complete fabrication. Your your kids are most at risk by people they know, not be not strangers. I know. I know. Like Christopher. <laughs> if you know Christopher, keep your kids away from him. Or me. Well, I don't care about your kids. Really don't care about you James, at all, I'm actually. Great with kids. I know, I'm that. kidding. Yeah, I, I would absolutely I had no problem leaving any of my kids with you, even though I only have one. Um so I want to follow up though. The buzz so when he did eventually get picked up when we got the whole thing settled out you know, I was right in the first place. We, he did have to go down to the corner. So this is in the mid two thousands. They were still going down to the corner, uh, then there and go ahead. I have one more follow up, but you, it seemed like you're really chomping the bit there. So you have something to say? Well, for me personally, once school starts and that whole day with the picture day and sending them off, I'm getting ready for football season. In my mind, it's like the kids are starting school. Football season starts soon. And I'm not talking about soccer. Shut up. For those weirdos out there. No, I'm just kidding. When we eventually take over Europe, football is going to be renamed soccer. Okay, let's just get that straight. Football's already in Europe, buddy. The UK has it. I'm saying when we take over, like physically, when it becomes a 51st state. I can't wait till they come till they come to grips with that. <laughs> what the football the soccer thing I, I have and I have a follow-up thing on the football but I want to jump quickly back to the buses oh, because this is a really dumb story but do tell it, on his last day of school very big day for me I got my first iPhone and this was the first time I got a really n- an actually nice not hand-me-down smartphone this was the iPhone 4 I'd just gotten it and the forecast was 
like 30% chance rain. So I had my umbrella and I was like, just before I left the house, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put this in a, in a plastic bag just in case, just in case. That's smart. Okay. So I'm walking down there and it starts raining, drizzling. And then it just goes from drizzling to absolutely the most torrential downpour I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm standing there at the bus stop with my umbrella and it's raining so hard for so long that the rain is just coming right through the umbrella. I am more drenched than if I was literally walked into a pond. I'm worried about where this is going. Well, the thing is, I, I just that one moment before I left and thinking I should put this in a plastic bag just out of an abundance of caution saved my goddamn phone. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was open, the plastic bag. Oh, no. Filling up with water. It was sitting in a bag of water. No, that man, it was, it was so, such a stroke of luck that I was had that random thought. Otherwise, because here's the thing. Not only was it down, the downpour was torrential. And it, like I said, I was just completely soaked. Another, one of the other parents was, was, was sitting in their car and she said, James, do you want to get in? It's like, I really appreciate the offer, but I am as wet as I'm ever going to be in my entire life right now. And I would just make a mess of your car. I can't get any wetter than I am right now. <laughs> this was the last day of school. So it was in the spring and it was in Westchester. So it was, it was not, you know, it wasn't uncomfortable. It was just, just wet. Um, and the reason it went on so long is because the school held the kids from getting on the bus because it was raining and they, they didn't want them getting wet while they walked literally the 15 feet from the front of the school to the school bus. So we, I think we waited an extra 45 minutes. All right. I'm sorry. You're just swinging back and forth. I'm bringing it back to football. When I was a kid, I used to play Pop Warner football and I used to love it. And we used to get the rainy days. That was actually my favorite day. For, but for whatever reason, I can run in the rain. And most Phoenix kids can't run in the rain. Maybe because when I was real little, it was a California thing. It rained That's weird. Anyways, I used to love rainy days. I, 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 for some reason I felt invincible. Like, so it was all about tackling. Cause I was, cause being a chubby kid as I was, oh. um, I was always on the line. I was always a lineman, you know, you get to hit a guy and mm, throw him in the mud God, I love and, that so and much. Then you get dirty. I mean, I just, I, it was so fun. So fun. But anyways, football season, you know, this is going to come as a shock to you, but I was also a lineman. Okay. I'm not joking. It, I was, I was team. at the time I was like 10 or 15 pounds heavier. It was all muscle, but uh, I, yes, in my football team, I was a starting lineman. I was a, was a corner and a defensive tackle. And it doesn't surprise. I know. I, okay. So most people that don't know your height, you're a smaller, not small guy, <laughs> just a little shorter guy. So you don't think of you as a football I'm player. I'm not a shorter but guy. Kids, I'm 5'11". Everything's different. I was one of the smallest kids in my class and I'm one of the taller guys I know now. Right. No, I'm just saying that uh, it, I, it was, if you looked at the lineup, our lineup, you wouldn't expect to pick me as a lineman. I think what I had going for me was I was a really angry kid and I would just tear oh. the heck out of people. Oh. I mean, I would just grab them and throw them and just, I would hang on to them. They could start running, but I would hang on to them. They would go nowhere. So you like to break the rules. No, I wasn't breaking the rules. You're not allowed to hold people. No, no. Well, uh, <laughs> no, not holding in the, I didn't, oh, oh, I didn't yeah, break yeah, the rules, yeah, yeah. but hold them still. Yeah. I, I stopped them. Anyway, um, you're a superstar, man. I just, I did, I did love playing football. I don't really like watching it, but one thing I do, I always loved about football, even though I hated the team was the, uh, the old Washington football team, which is their official name, the Washington football team, formerly formerly the Redskins football team, (laughs) formerly the Redskins. Um, I love their logo. Oh yeah. This is the best logo I think in football. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's serious business. It it looks a little bit like the old uh, Buffalo Right, the Buffalo nickel. Uh, I remember Buffalo. I don't really remember that very clearly. There's was a there? Face on it. Was there? Okay. Yeah. I don't anyways, remember that part. It's a Native American guy. 
Actually, it's not. It's the guy. It's a white guy who made himself look like a Native American. Anyways, whatever. Okay. So uh, I I always thought that was a great logo, and I'm I'm sad to see you go. The colors are still they're good. I think they're pretty solid colors. And this is the design guy talking right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I like I said, I never really liked the team. I don't know why. I just didn't like the team. Joe Wait. Theismann. I think was was it Joe Theismann? I don't. I didn't like him. I didn't like a lot of, th- I don't like a lot of, there are a lot of things I dislike. For I a guy, know you know, for a guy that doesn't like football, you seem to know an awful lot about it. I don't know it. that much. So, so you ended the I really name don't. change? You, is that your thing? You're like, yeah, that's good. I like that. Oh, change. no, no, no. It's, it's, here's the thing. The name change, they're, they're, this is the temporary name, the Washington football team. And I don't know why, but I'm totally vibing on that. It's like the Washington football team. I don't know why, but I like that. Don't change your name. Just keep it at that. That's really simple, brutal and straightforward. And it's kind of, I don't know what government should be. And they are Washington. So maybe it can guide them to being a better government. Yes. It's all in an effort to reform our government. It starts with the, the football team <laughs> with a good name. See, okay. So well, what, what are you going to do? I've you going to call in the- Arizona and been in native American, you know, reservations. I've, I've worked with kids at school and generally speaking, the at least the people that I've met either were being polite or were telling me the truth. They don't really care. I mean, that's not a thing with them. I mean, well, I think some of it is. I, mean, you don't want, I, I don't I mean, know. If you, if you it, say like, hey, you Redskin. I mean, that's different. That would, than, be, that would be weird. There's a team called Redskins. I, I don't know what that means. I, I don't get offended when people call me a white guy. <laughs> I mean, black people don't get offended when you call them black people. Why should? Well, there are there are words for black people that you can use that they would that would upset them, though. I suppose Because they're so. hostile. I they're openly so. hostile. But it's attitude, right? How you say things. It, it is that. It's if also you're smiling the, and you love the person. What the it's meaning, not going to be a the, sting. Well, it's, it's also just, the derivation of the word, and you can you can argue. The Redskins. I mean, when they think of the Redskins, they love that team. It's with love and passion. I mean, it's, there's no anger there. Yeah, that is one weird thing. I mean, they're they're putting it on a pedestal. Bringing the, name, the team name is it's it's not derogatory. It's like literally putting you on a pedestal. But the the derivation but of the term, warriors, the name, the best of the best. The 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 derivation of the, the the word or the term, it has some controversy around it. What it actually means, where it came from, who who uses it for what purposes. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, Fine. This, They've made the decision. It's already changed. But I'm saying, I don't know how how they can come up with a better name than the Washington Football Team. I just I just I don't know why. I okay. love it. But the other weird thing, part of that news is that a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Washington football team decided to ban their fans from wearing Native American dress at their stadium, which seems a little extreme. Uh, how about the Native Americans? Are they not allowed to wear their stuff? Well, either? that's a good question, Christopher. <laughs> if Is you're Native American, wait, hang on a second. People H- hang on a second. If you're Native American, regardless of what you're wearing, is that Native American dress? So they're basically banning Native Americans from attending their stadium. Interesting. Oh, I'm very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> Well, what do you think about Phoenix? We have a mountain that I used to climb all the time as a kid. And then I also did it a lot as an adult when my kids went to school by this particular mountain. It used to be called Squaw Peak. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, somebody said, you know, Squaw is derogatory. I'm just like, is it? I I grew up in Phoenix. Whenever I think of Squaw, first thing I think is beautiful Native American woman. Because you're always thinking about beautiful women, Christopher. That I can't deny that being true. Uh, but uh, they changed the name to... I can't pronounce it. Pi- waste, pi- I can't even say it. I honestly can't. I think it's Paestua, and you got to say stew. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, uh, so so I totally understand what you're saying here. I never had a negative association with squab, but that might be my own ignorance. I don't know what the term, came, where it came from or what it really means. So 
if you need to change it, okay, but pick a name but that if people somebody can. Tells you it's derogatory, and you didn't know before, and everybody that you know doesn't think of it as a derogatory term. Doesn't that by define not being derogatory? Derogatory means being derogatory. And if nobody's being derogatory, intentionally, it's not derogatory. Right. Well, there's an intentionality behind it, uh, and and you know, I don't want to litigate litigate uh, with the if it is a derogatory term or not. I didn't know it was. I don't know if it is. Uh, and like I said, that might be, that's probably my own ignorance because I just don't understand the word very well. Uh, but if you can, as, as I was trying to say, if you're going to change the name, just change it to something that I can actually pronounce. Fair enough. And well, that sounds I beautiful. I it yesterday. I'm sorry, two days ago. And they changed the name again. What? <laughs> they changed it. Well, it's still, okay. So you don't see the word Squaw Peak anymore. It still has a couple places with, mm-hmm. holy moly, I just said it. Pais Stustu Sustua. Paesta, Paista, whatever it is, the, 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 whatever the interim term was. Paestawa Peak. Mm-hmm. And now I've seen, and now it's just called um, something trail. They just took it off. A mountain trail. They changed the name from Squaw Peak to Patricia, oh, Patricia. Peak to mountain, mountain trail? trail. Are you sure that, is that the whole mountain area or is it well, the, I'm just talking about or the, trail. the one trail? Yeah, you're right. You're that right. is a lame ass name. This brings me I'm to against that name. <laughs> that is a stupid name. Mountain Trail. Yes. As much as I am for a mountain, not compared to well, here. No. Man, if you're from the East Coast, it looks like a massive. I know, mountain. but it's a good trail because it's like a mile up. That's no, not a mile up, but it's a it's a it's a mile long and it's a very steep trail. I got I got a, it's something you said to me almost a couple months ago, and it was describing me actually, and I don't think of myself this way, but I feel like we're going down that trail right now. You used the word ignorant. Yeah, that's the one. Woo-hoo. Yeah, no, you use Also, the word, stop remembering things I say. That is a hate crime. <laughs> I hate to say this. I don't hate to say this. Um, I remember things. Now, Damn they're you. slightly distorted, but I do remember them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember that. I see, I remember things the way they feel, not necessarily the way they were. You know, like what I'm saying is, so for an example is, say there was a big guy and um, he like started me. yelling at me. I might describe him as a big guy, red face with spit coming out of his mouth. And that wasn't the case at all, but that's how I felt because he was yelling so loud, right? Okay. Otherwise, whatever. <laughs> so you used the word pedantic. Pedantic, yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you, being the clever word man that you are. Oh yeah, I'm so clever. <laughs> what is the difference between pedantic and dictactic? Dictactic? Didactic. Didactic. Didactic, thank you. I don't really know didactic very well, but I I, I think it means um, you know you're on one side or the other side. It's like binary. It's white or black, black or white. I'm not really sure. Both of them mean like you're just describing things to the point like it's almost becoming boring. Well, pedantic. Well, pedantic means you're being repetitive and you're saying things that aren't really that relevant. You're being boring. It's slightly snobby, maybe. Like you're smarter than everybody in the world. Not necessarily snobby. Uh, In fact, it can be the reverse. Or, you know, it's, it's when you're getting really nitpicky about things and you're right. that, that don't really have an impact on the, on the general discussion, or you're trying to, or you're trying to insert facts, which discount my reality, which is completely unallowed. I think you're being pedantic now. No, I'm just being awesome. <laughs> hey, one so, man's pedantic is another man's awesome. So James, in a few minutes, we're going to have someone on here who's an old friend of mine, a guy by the name of Darren Basinger. Uh, and, it would have uh, been nice if you give me a heads up on that. Well... 
<laughs> Why do you sp- you just ambush me like every week now with another guest? Oh, here's another friend I've I've known for fifty years. Uh, who? What? Where? Where I, am I? I brought it up. I'm gonna sound like I'm. A, well, I, you mentioned it, but I didn't realize you didn't say. Give me a heads up at least 24 hours in advance. <laughs> in the old days, I don't remember. If, I don't know if you remember this, but before we had a guest in the old days, I would actually write out questions because I would know who we were talking oh, to right. and what we were talking about. And, and now you give me five minutes heads up, like a five minute warning. I'm it's so like sorry. you start the game with a five minute warning. That doesn't <laughs> seem fair. I've known it for a long time, so since I was like eight years old. But my point here is that's that a long time. That's like 105 years. What I would call kind of maybe dull professions. I don't know. Anyways, he's probably going to hate me after this, uh, after he's on the show. Mm-hmm. Once you talk to, they're, but they're the kind of professions where you want to ask questions. Mm-hmm. So for example is, if I remember correctly, he was a shoe salesman for years, for years. I have no questions for a shoe salesman. You know everything about shoes. I mean, people are big into their shoes. Okay. I know you're not, but you know that well, are I, people, I, I am kind of, especially but Europeans, right? General, I only have one point to make about shoes and I Go don't ahead. think, it, oh, I wasn't going to make it now. I'm just saying, I don't, these, these heels you put on your shoes, take them off, you idiots. Uh-huh. You morons, take the damn heels off. They're the killing next, your knees. The next thing was he was an insurance guy. And I honestly feel insurance these days, they're starting to get a reputation for collecting your money and then when something actually does go wrong do everything they can and not pay you these days which the whole industry is based on that two or three incidents happened to me recently and i've never had problems before i've been Hmm. paying for years and both times i couldn't collect on it oh that's such a hassle which is obviously their point because i saw that cartoon the incredibles (laughs) anyways remember the he was insurance guy and didn't want him to pay i don't remember that oh right 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 yeah that's anyways and so recently not recently, for quite a few years now, he works at a mortuary. Oh, that's an upper. Thanks. That's going to be so, <laughs> wow. Shoes like I said, to insurance to mortuary. It's like these, you think, okay, that sounds like not the exciting, but when you meet a person that's actually in that profession, you have so many questions. It's like he, maybe he's the center of attention now. I do have an insurance question okay. for him. Anyways, uh, we're going to get him on in a second. And he's a great guy. I love this guy. And um, I don't know how he'll be. I think he's going to have his professional face on. In person, he's pretty funny. But I think he's going to, I mean, because he's being recorded, he's always going to have to put his professional face on. Anyways. Well, let's right. see if we can take that off. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Hey, we'll talk to you soon. Let's get, mean, some, let's get some coffee. Let's get some coffee and we'll be right back. Okay. Bye. What's a pony midnight dreary? Well, I was a pony weak and weary. A pony phone that looked so dreary. I got a suggestion that would make you cheery. It's gorgeous. They got floors with fishes and fairies, bubbles and berries, cats and canaries. So as you're looking for something a little unique, go to our website and go take a peek. That's G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S dot com. Gorgeous floor for the outrageous All right, here he is. Um, I'm excited about this, I think. <laughs> that, that was terrible. <laughs> so, so Darren, uh, Darren Basinger is with us today. And I, I asked this a minute ago, but I'm not sure if I heard the answer right. Darren, do you have coffee with you? I do not. I have water. Why, why not coffee? Aren't you a coffee drinker? What's up with that? Not so much. Really? Every once in a while. Can, can we still allow my friend to be on our show? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Even though I mean, he doesn't drink coffee? I didn't used to drink coffee either. Until you met me? No, no, no. Before you. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I didn't start drinking until I was in my mid-40s. I, I have chocolate-covered coffee beans. Oh, I love That sounds good. Those. 
right, start eating them, Darren, right now. <laughs> so I, um, I've known Darren since he was eight years. We were both eight years old. Wow, 74. Is that crazy? And how old are you guys now? About 10? <laughs> oh, Darren, let's just be clear. I'm not a nice person. <laughs> so I'm going to say mean things. I don't know if he told you that. If he ambushed you just the way he ambushed me. That's absolutely fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm used to abuse. You know what I heard there? You said, you said that's absolutely fine in a way that suggested to me that what I say means nothing. Is it completely unimportant? <laughs> and I condone that statement. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've got thick skin. I, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Let's just put it that way. So Darren and I weren't friends right away. We had a common friend, a guy by the name of uh, Jimmy Shikani. <laughs> no comments, Darren? He stole my skateboard. Good old Jimmy. <laughs> he stole uh, uh, a green stash I have. <laughs> green, green, oh. <laughs> uh, after that, we weren't friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of he got off my radar after the skateboard. And I, and I was talking about my green army trucks. Oh, no, no, we understand. <laughs> Anyways... Darren, you live in Las Vegas now and you've been for a while, right? I do. Las Vegas Henderson uh, since 1996. And you love it. I like it. My wife doesn't. She grew up here. You know, it's the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Yeah, what does it mean when you grow up in an area and you don't like it? I mean, that's pretty bad, right? You have grass there? It's tumbleweeds here. <laughs> how many? How much tumbleweeds do you have there? Uh, plenty. Okay, I didn't realize it was that bad. I'm, I've, I've been out in Wyoming and I know tumbleweeds. I mean, they are, they are scourge. This has got to be the ugliest desert ever. Uh, Phoenix actually for desert is, is quite lovely compared to this. This is a dust bowl with tumbleweeds. <laughs> Do you remember that movie, The Great Lebowski, where they follow the tumbleweed for the whole beginning of the movie? I don't. I don't either. Yeah, and it finally rolls into Hollywood or LA, and that's where the movie kind of starts. Okay. Was that important? Well, it's kind of like the beginning of this episode. And the business I'm in, there's a scene there where the... The cremated remains blow back in their face. That's Does that happen a lot? Because of what I do now. So, Darren, do tell us, what do you do for a living? Well, uh, I was in retail for many years, and then I was in insurance, and then I uh, got into the funeral business somehow around 2013 in several different capacities. And uh, right now I'm at, uh, and, and for a couple of different funeral homes, Right now, I'm at La Paloma, which means the Dove, uh, in Las Vegas, right on the border of Henderson, Las Vegas. And I am a funeral arranger, as well as the funeral service staff manager here. The, the big question I have um, for the last year and a half, we've been pandemic ridden. How's business? As you can imagine, um, besides our normal, regular uh flow of business and cases that we take uh it's it's at times has been you know almost doubled uh when it first started uh i was at a different funeral home but we were still getting uh plenty of of um you know besides our normal let's say eight to ten cases a week it would uh turn into 15 uh so you know you you add that and you have the same amount of funeral arrangers making these arrangements and it gets, uh, it gets extremely busy. 
over the top. So but uh, I, I take it that the term over the top is not something you want to associate with your business very often. Though. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, so. But thank you for yeah. laughing at the dumb joke. <laughs> well, I was thinking of that's a good the old, point. The old uh, movies again, where you have the Westerns, right? And then the undertaker always loves to come to the gunfight. Never watched Westerns. I'm sorry, Darren, we cut you off. Yeah. I, w- I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's something that uh, if you're in the funeral business and you're over the top, uh, that's pro you're probably shouldn't be in this business. You need a little more refinement in your technique. Uh, yeah, especially like embalmers and things like that. If mm. you're on top of your clientele, that's probably a bad thing. Wow. You, you, you're opening whole new ideas for me. That's where I thought you were going. I was thinking about, I was thinking about the casket. Oh no, no, no. Um, it's like you get the wrong size casket. So if you, if you want to go on the funeral joke thing, you know, we could we could probably spend a half an hour on that. Like they're dying to get in here. Well, uh, we try not to be too obvious. <laughs> uh, so you, you have to have a sense of humor in this business, actually, to be honest with you. But getting back to the uh, the the discussion on COVID, it has been uh, there when it first the first lockdown started. We we were extremely busy. The holidays came. I came over here at La Paloma in January, and it had kind of slowed down uh, slightly until about. March and then it really slowed down and now we're picking back up again. Um, and I believe uh, when Chris and I first discussed this uh, just between us on the phone, I don't know, a week ago or so, he was kind of wondering what my experiences were or what I see as far as the cases with COVID and any differences that I might see. So if you want to, if you want to go there, you're welcome to. Well, or we can- well the thing is, Darren, we watch the news and when we meet nurses and doctors and usually nurses in my little circle, we always ask about the statistics about, you know, how the hospitals are full and then they give you theirs. And just from what I've been reading, things have been slightly tainted, but there, there can be no tainting at the funeral home because you either have people there or you don't. So that's the reason I want, no one talks about the funeral homes. No one talks talks about, they just give you these tolls and these random facts that may or may not be true. And so I, it's kind of nice to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And I'm not calling you horse, Darren. <laughs> um, no, I, what, I so what, what was the big difference that you saw in population of the deceased once the COVID hit? First of all, I want to say that I I've been, I've been working every single day since this uh, started wow. Uh, wow. since the lockdown. I've never taken a day off. So Jeez. luckily I, or, and, and we might get into this, uh, speaking of, you know, the cases that I see versus, I believe maybe I've had uh, the COVID virus a couple of times, but it didn't affect me enough to even, I got tested once, it was negative, but I, I don't know if I've just built up natural immunities, but I have never uh, had had COVID to my knowledge or a positive test and have been out for, you know, quarantine or anything like that. So that, that's one thing I can say that has been kind of amazing because I am around around COVID families weekly. You know, their their loved one died of COVID. They come in here and tell me that they they don't have COVID, but you know, I, I can't right. their cards or anything. Like, okay, do you, can you show me your negative test? No, I've just got to go on their word and say. Can you give us an idea of how many COVID patients you? Uh, I don't know what to. Re- they're not really patients anymore. Um, You're right. How many COVID customers? Customers. How many COVID customers you've had? Yeah. Uh, deceased. 
yeah, COVID, COVID uh, families that have had uh, loved ones that have passed away for from COVID. I would say at the at the height of it, when first lockdown for probably about three months, I would say out of six cases, three would be COVID. So half of the cases would be COVID. Um, I usually do about two arrangements a day. And right now it's probably one out of three arrangements, but it was one out of two back when it was really heavy, when, when we were, you know, really seeing a lot of cases. So what is it about 30 cases in the first month? that you saw that were COVID related? Uh, me personally, the cases that I've handled so far this month have been three cases and I've had about okay. 10, 10 arrangements. But as I said, I'm also the funeral service staff manager. Mm-hmm. So I, I direct services as well as do all the staffing and, and the, and the, um, you know, the, uh, scheduling for, for, so I, 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 I got a little bit more on my plate than just doing arrangements. Some of the other funeral directors and arrangers here do, you know, have more cases than I do. So I can't speak for them. Um, but what I was talking to Chris about is what I see is the, the diversity in between what we hear on the media and doctors saying, you know, um, about vaccines and about COVID and this and that I see I was just speaking to my doctor. I said, you know, that for younger people, people over 70 generally were, were the main COVID, uh, you know, uh, deaths that, that didn't have maybe had some underlying conditions, but it didn't have a whole lot going on, but they're, well, you know, let, let's, let's not break it down yet. Just let's, let's look at the numbers you saw for COVID. Uh, and then we can oh, talk about before and any, any any other trends that you saw so just generally speaking how many covid patients do you think came through your doors so just to make it easy math let's say uh we get 30 cases a month at the funeral home i came from and then uh when the covid lockdown started probably say 45 cases a month so so you're adding you know what 100 or 50 percent more on top of your your normal caseload and we're, we're just going to, we're going to take it that those extra 15 were all COVID deaths. Yes. Okay. So that's, that's a pretty big spike. And let's just for the first three months, for instance, let's just say, so that's 45 cases and you would be dealing with the people not only over the phone, but I'm assuming you'd also saw them in the mortuary. Correct. And so you have a pretty high exposure rate. Oh. You're, you're dealing with people who actually died from COVID. So it's very likely that you had, I, I'm just guessing now, this isn't really that scientific, but I'm guessing it sounds like you probably had a lot of firsthand contact with COVID positive people. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I, I know for sure I've been in contact with probably hundreds, if not thousands of COVID uh, positive people. So like most people, it sounds like you, you may well have had it, but you were... Mm-hmm. At, at, at least asymptomatic or had a very mild case of it. Correct. Okay. Just, I guess that's just a good place to make sure we have one point down. Yeah. And right now I'd say it's spiking again to about 25%. It's not. So instead of 30 cases a month, uh, uh, instead of it being 45, I'd say we have maybe 38 mm-hmm. uh, right now as it spikes again a little bit with this Delta variance or whatever they're calling or the Lambda or whatever. They, the, the so would in that, in that first wave, uh, are there any general generalities that you can look at and, 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 um, 
for sure. And, and assumptions that you can make based on the population like that you saw. What kind of people were they? Were they skinny people, old people, young people, <laughs> I just, were they I, I, overweight people? Were they just regular guys? I lined it regular up for him. Ladies? He knows how to respond. For, yeah. for, for sure. That, that's what I was getting at. I, I would say uh, the elderly that were not necessarily, um, you know, had severe health issues. Uh, we saw a lot of cases of them dying the cause of death written on, on the dot on the death certificates by the doctor would say as a result of COVID, but they're just, they're elderly and they were probably getting near death anyway. So the COVID didn't help. In my opinion, the younger people that I've seen over the last year and a half, anywhere from 30 to 60 years old, uh, the majority of the cases that I've seen have been morbidly obese. Mm. The doctor that it, I talked to the other day did, was not aware of that. Let me let me just. Oh, really? Because that that seems like it's a pretty well. Well, I thought it was well known, but let so me the just. The doc was learning from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the doctor. Maybe, maybe me you should get a new doctor. Uh, <laughs> so I think this is a really good point, though. That Christopher actually told me before we started this uh, was that you you get to see the death certificate, so it's, you're not just making assumptions; you're actually seeing the data. Yeah. You so you know who had what, and or at least what was reported. Most, most of them will say pneumonia as a result, uh, or respiratory mm-hmm. failure as a result of COVID. Right. And then I had also heard that uh, a lot of hospitals were listing that as much as possible because they get funded. Now we in the, in the funeral home don't get funded more because by the government, because we have more COVID cases. So this is totally unbiased, uh, you know, uh, uh, records from uh, my perspective, from my observation. So you guys didn't need any of the bailout. Um, I have, I haven't seen any in the funeral home business. No, No, I would imagine not. Hey, Darren, you were saying something interesting to me the last week. Was that Darren? I have told people since this started, you know, um, this is a COVID proof industry, (laughs) you know, and it's like uh, the two, the two for sure is death and taxes. Well, I I decided to be, you know, an IRS agent is probably not the most popular guy on the planet. Well, there aren't that many of them left, so. So I just can't avoid, avoid, if you have enough money, you can avoid taxes. Are most tax guys overweight also? I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever seen a tax guy. (laughs) So Darren, you were uh, telling me a little bit about the demographics. Um, You had made a comparison to some stuff we had learned at high school or maybe even elementary school about Native Americans. I did. Uh, what, What I was referring to there is I've seen not only not only for the younger people that I've seen that have on the death certificates, uh, supposedly the cause was COVID being over 300 pounds where our care center is loaded up with these massive, massive individuals, um, which, which, which is also taxing on our coolers on everything else on down the line, the retorts for, for cremation. It takes a lot longer to cremate somebody that large. But uh, we, you know, we were getting stacked up with these huge, huge people. And then uh, if they were younger, particularly. And then I also saw ethnic groups. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get like sound like I'm saying some racial type of. No, but you just certain ethnic groups need to know if they are at risk and you sharing this information. 
I think it's valuable. It's not, it's not a racist thing. It's a, let's just, I mean, there's certain races that get diseases and other races don't. That's a known fact. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's important that I think it's helpful. I think, I don't think it's harmful. I'm going to preface this by saying it, it kind of, to me is akin to when the Europeans came here and the native American Indians, the Europeans obviously had all these immunities to, you know, smallpox and whatever that they didn't really know they were carrying or whatever, because it just for centuries, they just kind of built a natural immunity to it. And then they, they come here and they, they spend some time with the native American Indians and wipe them out. Right. So I've seen certain, certain groups that have been affected by this, especially uh, death uh, more than others. And I would say here, there's a huge Filipino uh, population and I've seen a lot of, Filipinos affected uh, uh, more devastatingly than some other groups. I've seen um, a lot of Hispanic, um, some black, although that tends to be more like the diabetic thing with them and, and obese, obesity and diabetic, not so much, you know, healthier um, black groups. Um, you know, I'm, again, I'm being honest here, the white uh, uh, or Caucasians that I've seen have mostly been elderly or obese. I don't know. This is, there's nothing, there's nothing new except for the Pilipino that you're telling me, but I think it's important to reiterate the, 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 uh, the groups of people who are more susceptible to it. I think it's always helpful to see that just so they can get a little bit more of a heads up. Right. And then I, isn't uh, Las Vegas, I, I don't know where I read this, but we were talking about it. Isn't the Las Vegas area the second or the third biggest Hawaiian and Samoan population? Hmm. Uh, maybe not Samoan, but Hawaiian anyways. I, I was just going to go there. I'm sorry. I, I forgot those groups because generally they were also very, very large, like three, 400 pounds. But yes, uh, I see, uh, saw quite a few more, uh, more uh, deaths, um, with the Samoan Hawaiian population, uh, like the Filipinos, um, the Filipinos don't necessarily, weren't necessarily overweight is the difference, but, uh, the Samoans sometimes, uh, again, the last three or four cases that we've had services for, they've been 400 plus pounds. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily that they are from, you know, um, Pacific islands, or if it's the obesity or both. Yeah, it's hard to tell because when you originally was describing it to me, I was thinking, oh my gosh, it sounds like it's hitting the Polynesian population more than others, either genetic or just lifestyle choices. Yeah, I, 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 I again, I, I think it's maybe a combination of both, but I've seen a lot of Filipinos that aren't haven't been overweight that for some reason it affects, including my insurance agent my Geico insurance lady, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I see this name and I go, man, that's really familiar. And Nikki Ware, huh? What? I wonder how I, how do I know that name? Her husband comes in for the arrangement. I go, so what does she do? Insurance. I go, Oh, I worked with her at AAA. That's Nikki, my Nikki. He goes, yeah, Nikki. I'm like, and she was like 46 years old, 130 pounds, Filipino. How big was her family? Um, quite large. You know? Quite, yeah, I, I wonder if that's part of it. It might be cultural. I, I don't know why I have this idea that Filipinos are more uh, family oriented or just uh, get have bigger families and more social interactions. They do. They do. They do, do. do they? The, all the Filipino people I know 
have three to four kids. Is that still a lot though? Well, these days it is. I suppose so. You well, that's funny. You also said Hispanic too, didn't you, Darren? I, I did. Uh, and, and, and that may be just because we have such a huge population here. I, you know, it, I, I, you know, maybe if there was a smaller population, I wouldn't see as many cases like that, but you're right on the Filipinos. Uh, for example, every, almost every service that we have involves food, Filipino food and a reception. They really like to gather together and, and eat together. And I don't think they are uh, all that concerned. I didn't, I didn't see a big concern, even if it was a COVID service, a big concern of any of them regarding, you know, the masks and the, mm-hmm. you know, all of the protection PPE. You didn't see anybody in a hazmat suit um, that, you know, had a COVID death and the, in, in fact, they would just, after the service gather and all get together and eat, eat food in the reception hall. And they're just totally comfortable doing what they do. Yeah, it's funny. Culture can have a big impact on this. I was, uh, I had the, uh, well, I had to drive back and forth uh, from Arizona to Colorado several times over the summer, and I noticed very distinctly there was a line drawn between where people were wearing masks and where people weren't. And anywhere, anytime I was near a reservation or close to Indian property, there was almost a hundred percent mask wearing. And anytime I wasn't near a reservation, there was almost ninety percent unmasked. So right. there was a pretty steep difference in how people were responding. Well, there's kind of two things I wanted to say there. First of all, it sounds like you have a good argument for teenagers that sit in their room all day and play yeah. video games 24 hours. There's well, nothing positive, but now we have something. Yeah. So maybe if this pandemic were to have a second hit and knock out the population, all the teens playing uh, all the kill games, they'll be the last ones left. Well, and that's what the military needs because it's all drone now. So it <laughs> seems perfect. <laughs> Do you play a lot of video games? I'm sorry. Do you play a lot of video games? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what's the thief game where they steal the cars? Let, let me put, oh, right, right. Let, let me put it to you this way: the last time I played a video game was when I had I had a Sega sixteen uh, bit. I think it was. It's been a while, but you're familiar with it. Do you, you do live with teens? I know uh, you've had teens in your house, anyways. Yeah, but um, neither one of them really got got on the video game thing at all. Oh, really? Yeah, neither well, one. Uh, James' kids and my kids probably wouldn't uh, get along so with your kids then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, I have an outdoor. I have, my kids spent 26 days hiking through the Colorado wilderness, so he gets out too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you do have a pretty cool kid there, James. Well, I didn't want to make him sound too cool. <laughs> He's a nerd. He built his own computer. Hey, that might be true, Chris, especially if, uh, like my son, um, all he does is, is uh, read voraciously. So if uh, your kids are on a video game and he goes, oh, here, uh, and shoves a pile of books. I've read all these. What do you think? Oh, well, that's funny because in the future, maybe the only survivors will be boys because this is a boy dominated thing what? playing video games and nerdy girls who sit in the room and read books all day. And they will be the next generation of human well, girls. Well, that wouldn't be so bad, but girls play video games too. Uh, what yeah, kind of it, books? It, it, let's just face it. There's more girls reading books in their room all day and there's more boys sitting on video games every day when you're looking at those two groups. Well, it sounds like you're making some big gender assumptions there, Christopher. Shame on you. All I want to ask Am I wrong? <laughs> Always, obviously. Um, oh, I was quite, Darren. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but what kind of books does he? I don't know why I'm interested in this, but what kind of books does he generally read? 
Um, that's a good question because I, I, I don't read myself and so I'm not really interested. So I just, know that, <laughs> I, I just know that Amazon's delivering books on almost a daily basis. Yeah. Like paper books? I No, I believe it's, I believe it's deep, uh, like philosophy things oh. like, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, his, his son's really smart. Yeah. He's a thinker. You got to watch, yeah. watch out oh, no, for him. He's not just smart. You're right. He's philosophical. That's, but if you have them together. I mean, haven't you met the guy in the street who's like telling you about, you know, how the end of the world's going to be? That's how I met you. Philosopher. That's true. That's true. I can't remember some names, but it's kind of like uh, Russian philosophers. And oh my god, um, yeah, just you know. No, just, I totally let you off the hook on that one because I wouldn't have any idea what my son was reading if he was doing that too. I, my son mostly. I try to get him to read. No, he does read. It's is, frustrating. But is one of them is one of them Trotsky or t- <laughs> yes, or something. Yes. Yes. Trotsky is one of the. So big, oh, uh, writers. you've read, I have, I have not. Oh, uh, I, am, I am just a, for being the biggest dummy in the room. I, I at least have. Yeah. Oh no. You're, you're much better. <laughs> you're much, you're, you may well be better read than I am. I just like science fiction. Well, you know what it is? I don't want to be in the dark on things. So I just like if people say, Hey, this is a great philosopher. This guy's really smart. I want to read it just so that I can say, Oh yeah, I know what that guy's talking about. Oh, me too, but I don't actually read it. I want to read it. It's all about the summary for you, yeah. yeah. I don't even get that far. I wish I got that far. If you were if you were your age now in the 50s, you'd be a big readers digest guy, right? I uh, know if if we were in the 1950s right now, yeah. I would probably be drowning in science fiction because that's when all the great science fiction was written. Oh, that's true. Hey, Darren, a uh, question. Sorry to bring it back to the more extraordinary right. all day, but in your family what are their opinions to the fact that you live, I'm sorry, that you're spending all this time practically living in the mortuary? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't think any of them have a problem with it. In fact, I think most of them think I'm in the perfect business because they, they know my demeanor that I'm able to help these families out. Um, it's a difficult time, right? And if I, if I'm just all bold and brash out there, you know, it's, that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> you, you have to have a certain personality to pull this off. Well, I agree. It, you're very level-headed. You have this nice, even voice about you. And also you're a man of faith. Yeah, that's true. I, I do call this a ministry. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. Now you said you were an insurance, uh, you sold insurance for a number of years. Can I ask you an insurance question? Yes. Uh, did you ever sell business insurance? Uh, small business. Small not, business. Yeah, well, that's like corporate. Uh, I just want to, um, it's, it's not really a question just so much as me complaining. Okay. I, I used to have you a gap. Go, James. Go, Thank you. Go. Thank go. you. This is, this is the James, <laughs> James, James minute of ranting. I had a gallery, a fine art gallery in Houston, Texas in uh, around 2000. Yeah. And the first year I had no problem getting insurance. I had, uh, what was that? There were two types of insurance. I had property insurance and what's the other one? Like if someone trips and falls, Accident. whatever. Liability. Accident. Liability. Liability. That's it. The insurance guy knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, no problem. The second year, for some reason I couldn't get, I don't remember which one it was now. I think it was the uh, liability. They wouldn't, they, I couldn't find anyone to sell me liability insurance, but I still had the property insurance. And the third year I couldn't get any insurance. So I just, I just created an LLC and said, screw it. There's nothing. And I don't have any money and there's nothing in the gallery. So, you know, with an LLC, but my question to you, I guess is, have you ever seen that in a small business with no problems and in an industry that was not known for scamming? 
have just not be able to buy small business insurance? Not so much if there wasn't any problems. That's what I was going to ask you because liability, if they canceled liability the first year, I would think that you had a claim or two, somebody slip and fell, or they had a, you know, some liability uh, uh, insurance claim. If you did not, I don't understand that. And then the same thing on the property, pers- uh, especially artwork, because that all has to be typically appraised uh, for them to get a, a, a value to collect the correct premium for that risk. And if you didn't have any artwork uh, that, that, caught on fire or was stolen. Well, not unintentionally (laughs) or lightning, like the lightning hit that one piece of artwork. (laughs) Oh, I wish sometimes I wish it would. No, no, no claims. I had no claims. Only thing I ever did with my insurance company was write a check every month. Okay. Well, I, I, and and my, my, uh, the guy who was the, the, my insurance guy was absolutely flabbergasted that he, he said he, you know, on the second year, he was like, no, don't worry, James. It'll take me a week, but I'll find someone. And he came back two weeks later and said, James, I, I am stunned. I've never had this happen before. I, I just can't get you insurance. And like I said, it wasn't a big deal because there wasn't really that much at risk because it's just art. Who cares about art? Well, I'm going to do my little rant now. So I think hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's, let's let ahead, Darren. Sorry. So quite a few people uh, can care about art. That's otherwise you wouldn't have had the art gallery. <laughs> wow. I don't have it anymore. So that, that being said, uh, it might be something in that industry because I did notice that even when I went independent, uh, for a short time and trying to get, have a lot of different companies that I could pull from, uh, for example, smoke shops are no go. Hmm. Um, and I believe that's because they're robbed quite a bit mm-hmm. and because their merchandise is, is, you know, can be on a liability uh, you know, if they sell a vapor to somebody and the, the person dies and they sue the, the smoke shop. So there, there's just there's all kinds of risks that these insurance companies look at and, and they, they see whether they can collect enough premium. Obviously, they're not in the business to, to, to pay claims. They're there to be profitable. Right. And I, I, I can't speak this directly, but my insurance guy told me he looked at the industry numbers and he said, art galleries were, were actually below average as far as claims went. So it it was just another reason why he was so confused. Uh, But I did my neighbor at one of the locations I was in, because I had to keep moving because galleries don't have any money. So we had to keep moving as rents went up. Uh, My neighbor was a head shop. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Yeah. I don't know. That could have been that, that, that honestly could have been uh, part of the reason Hmm. of that one, because they do, they do, uh, when, when I was writing small business insurance, they would, they would ask about the other businesses in, in the same building because of the risks. That makes sense. Okay. Well, there's an answer. Hey, Darren, I want to thank you so much for coming on our show. I know you're so busy, as you just said, and uh, I know it was kind of hard to squeeze this in, but I really do appreciate your time and we'll get together soon. Sounds great. Hey, uh, nice to meet you, James. And thanks, Chris. Always love talking to you, Chris. Thanks, Thanks, Darren. Darren, thank you again. Talk to you soon. Bye. We'll be right back. Life getting you down. Is your head always drooping towards the floor? And then seeing your horrible floor just makes you feel that much worse? What to do? Don't change you. That's too much work. Change your floor instead. Go Rage's flooring is happy, sunny, exciting, rejuvenating flooring. They make flooring fun again. Woohoo. Go Rage's flooring. For one, you just can't bear to look at your old, horrible floor anymore. You'll be so happy 
you won't ever look at your floor again. Whoopee. That's GoRageousFlooring.com. GoRageousFlooring. G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S.com. All right, let's uh, get a little refill or maybe no, we're, we're, up what I have. It's wrapped up. You're not getting any more coffee. You're cut off. <laughs> but this seems like a good time to for you to go to the Children's Museum now that they're fully open again. Or anybody in our audience, if you want a good time in Phoenix and you have some kids, go to the Children's Museum. Love the Children's Museum here in Phoenix. Great. See ya. All right. Hey, James, thanks so much for uh, inviting me over here today. Yeah, sure. Even and though you uh, came half an hour early, that's fine. No worries. Sometimes you complain I come a half hour late. Well, what the heck? I you told you. You can't give me an hour swing here. <laughs> Why not? Because it's crazy. If we were Polynesian, it would be cool. I don't... That is nonsense, okay? We're not Polynesian, and we have a very set schedule. We don't I, have I told you I'm not a tardy guy. I'm just an inconsistent guy. You are tardy. You are a tardy <laughs> well, I guy. I am sometimes. No, no. You almost always... You're almost always tardy. You're going to find from now on that Christopher shows up just a little bit earlier than normal. That's, I've heard that many times. Yeah, you will see for next week. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Bye, James. Bye. Heat Stroke is brought to you by Markers in Motion. Audio engineer, Christopher Furman. If you'd like to contact Heat Stroke, go to heatstrokepodcast.com. Come on now, the sun is out, the sun is out so bright. Don't Won't you come on out, it's making light, light and bright for you. Don't you see me? Take a boo. Don't you feel me? It's morning dew. All I want yes. is a cup. Yes. A very large cup. Yes. In my hand. Yes. A large cup. Hot. Warm. Oh. Cup. It's not tea. And it must be dark, dark brown. Oh, it's made from pink. brown. Make it hot, make it hot, make it very, very hot. Coffee. Life getting you down. Is your head always drooping towards the floor? And then seeing your horrible floor just makes you feel that much worse? What to do? Don't change you. That's too much work. Change your floor instead. Go Rageous Flooring is happy, sunny, exciting, rejuvenating flooring. They make flooring fun again. Woohoo! Go Rageous Flooring. For one you just can't bear to look at your old, horrible floor anymore. You'll be so happy. You won't ever look at your floor again. Whoopee. That's GoRageousFlooring.com. GoRageousFlooring. G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S.com. Hey, uh, don't stress about the future. It hasn't arrived yet.